0: Hey team, we are here for another week of the Valesco Fitness Collective podcast. This week we've got our first guest with us, which is quite exciting. Um, So we've got co-owner and coach Amy joining us today. Um, It's me and Ellie once again, and we are going to be talking fitness, food, and feeling good. Amy's had a bit of a journey with food over the years and with fitness, and we're going to kind of bring those two things together and talk about the relationship between the two and how one can complement the other. As always, if you've got any questions as a result of anything we talk about or anything kind of really resonates with you or kind of brings up a topic that you'd like to maybe explore a little bit further, please, I'd encourage you to reach out to any of the coaches, any of the girls. You know, we're we're always here to have a chat if if there's anything you want to kind of explore in more depth. Um, Ellie, how are you this week?
1: Well, thank you. And you?
0: I'm very well, Amy. Good? Yeah,
1: great. Thank you.
0: Awesome. So we're going to start as normal with a bit of a, a warm-up Q and A this week for Amy. So we've heard all about Ellie's questionable life over the last couple of weeks. So it's time to hear about Amy's. So Amy, cookies or brownies? Brownies. Nice. Tea or coffee?
2: Oh, it depends on the time of day. Let's
0: <laughs> go, go pre-10 T- a.m. Tea.
2: Nine.
0: No, okay. Least favorite movement? Thruster. Most rewarding movement that you've ever learned?
2: Handstand push-ups.
0: Nice. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> Easy. Uh, no offence to any cat owners. Sorry Lily! Uh, <laughs> uh, peanut butter, crunchy, smooth or not at all? Oh, Crunchy, 100%. Okay. My team. Yeah. Uh, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. salt bike or rower?
1: Rower.
0: If you could only own one piece of home gym equipment, what thing would you buy? Barbell. Okay, strong. If you could pick anyone, celebrity or otherwise, to have spent lockdown with, and you can't say Laura.
2: <laughs> you saved me. <laughs> oh my god. I think it would be Mickey Flanagan because he absolutely makes me how I
0: love observational humour. Okay. So yeah, think nice. that's what I go for. Good, good choice. Um, and finally, perfect Sunday, start to finish.
2: Um, so get up and eat straight away. Nice. I'm always hungry first thing in the morning. So good solid breakfast, which is crumpet with peanut butter. With bacon and scrambled eggs on top. Strong. Yeah. Uh, And then probably like. Yeah. I'm coaching, so
1: potentially
2: not. There's a lot to get in before 8 a.m. Walk with the dogs. uh, And then probably kind of a mooch around a market, something like that. I like that kind of thing, like mooch around bits and bobs. Then there's probably some kind of training in there at some point. I do enjoy a comp training Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm actually quite lazy when I'm allowed to be, so probably just sitting and watching some binge series on TV, which my TV choices are questionable, to say the least. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> married at the first sight of Australia, apparently, by the way. <laughs> a little insight into my life when I get home. John, fair enough.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Let's start, I guess, today with... Just a quick update from in and around the gym. So there's been a few things over the last couple of days, over the last week or so, um, that we've seen kind of change, develop, etc. So Ellie, do you want to maybe take us through a couple of things that have changed over the last week?
1: Oh uh, yeah. Um, so the kickboards are up. Um Depending on when we release this podcast, either all the ones on the mails or wherever all of them up. Um, but essentially, they are there. They'll make handstand press ups easier. They'll keep the gym nice and smart. Um, give Layla a pat on the back when you see her for doing them because it's a bit of a yeah, right. bit of a laborious job. Uh, but they do look great. Thank you. Um, Layla. <laughs> uh, we've also marked all the 20 kilo bars with um, green tape. Thanks, Henry, for the suggestion. It's a good one. It's definitely making life a little bit easier in classes. So you can now identify which other. 20 kilo and the 15 kilo barbells. Um, The VFC Apparel Instagram page is live. Um, Massive shout out and thank you to Jamie Rhodes, who came in, gave up two evenings, and I dread to think how many hours doing the editing on them. The photographs look amazing. Um, So, yeah, the VFC Apparel Instagram page is up and running. So find it, follow it. Um, If you've got some VFC Apparel, tag us in it. Um, and we can share those posts as well Um, and then I think last but certainly not least um, just a big thank you to everyone who came and joined us for our birthday workout Um, real shame not to be able to celebrate um, in any other way this year five years was something that we were looking forward to to celebrate in quite a big way with you and had some had some big plans, but obviously with um, everything that's going on at the minute, we haven't been able to do that. So for those of you that came down and did the birthday award with us, thank you. Um, and as soon as we are able to celebrate in any sort of fashion, we will do so um, and we'll make sure you guys have all got plenty of time and notice so that you can make sure your evening or day is free to join us for that.
0: Nice, highlight of the birthday ward was definitely the cake, um, probably, <laughs> Just, just slightly ahead of the burpees. But I was anyway. going to say, not the death by burpees, James. You look like you had a wonderful time. Yeah, I mean, that was fun, but that caramel cupcake was even more fun. <laughs> um, cool. So, Amy. Hello. You are currently co-owner, coach at Valesco. Who even are you? Two-minute background of your, your life up until this point, ideally excluding fitness initially.
2: Oh my God, that's a that's a big ask. Cause fitness has been a massive part of my life for a long time. So, um, grew up uh, just south of the mid, uh, just south of Birmingham, so in a little uh, place called nice. um that people know and don't stay at. Um, and then I went to university and studied horses. Always had horses. All my life. I was lucky and fortunate enough to have my own. I uh, studied equine science at Hartbury, um, nice. then kind of worked for a radio station as a promotional and on travel and traffic, the most exciting <laughs> thing ever. Uh, well, I don't know about the A499, you don't need to know. Um, <laughs> for those of you that remember the uh, the GWR
1: Black Thunder Girls,
2: Amy was one of them. I know, that's how I kind of moved to Bristol, driving around in a Shogun. Um, although I once put a uh, petrol and a diesel and it had to be towed and they announced it as a whole radio station which
0: was mighty embarrassing <laughs>
2: um, I never did that again and uh, then, then I moved into running nightclubs uh, I ran a nightclub in town for five years uh, then I thought I should probably get a proper job where my day's off weren't Monday and Tuesday <laughs> um, and I moved into recruitment uh, then I worked in recruitment like most people do only for a couple of years and then saw people doing something that I was quite interested in which was project management Um, I moved into contracting and project management, Uh, did that for 10 years, Um, different companies all over the kind of Southwest and then whilst owning this place as well. March this year, I decided I had enough, didn't want to do it anymore and uh, came full time into being at Valesco so that's kind of my work nice. history
0: I think that is a lot considering that you thought you were going to struggle to talk about that without, <laughs> insert, without inserting fitness oh, nice. that is a lot if anybody needs careers advice or traffic and travel yeah. on the hour every hour <laughs> <laughs> talk to Amy. okay so moving on from that then how did you know you've talked about how opening this place came to be how did when did fitness start to feature for you how did that come about
2: uh, so actually my university friends think it's hilarious that I own a gym because I was so not into fitness. I was the kid that would always get a note written for me for PE. Nice. Um, I've had more, you know, bandages on and stuff someone my mum used to let, write a note for me so I didn't have to do the high jump and things like that. I am not, as probably most people have figured out, naturally athletic. It's not, it doesn't sit within my natural gift of remit. Um, and so, but I think after I finished university um, and where my eating and, and exercise kind of almost troubles in those days began Um, but I started going to the gym and and started running a lot. Uh, I met Ellie through working the club 15 years ago now, I don't think I want to say 15 years but yeah but 15 years ago and we became friends from, from the start really. Um, and then I was kind of going to the gym, and she was like, "Oh, my brother does CrossFit in Cardiff. Like you'll love it." Um, so we waited for a gym to open in Bristol. There was only one at the time, and it was nowhere near where either of us lived uh, in Bedminster at the time. Um, so we waited for this gym to open, and she was like, "Come on!" And Ellie couldn't drive then, and she was like, "Oh, if you Ellie's drive, like yeah." Well, <laughs> she was like, "If you drive, I'll give you the petrol money." By the way, I've never seen that petrol money, FYI. <laughs> Um, the gift again. of hell,
1: baby, what more do
2: you want? <laughs> and uh, so then we started going, and, and I would, you know, I would say I was hooked from the start, but it would be a lie to say I hadn't had moments where I wanted to quit. That okay. would that would be a lie. I think, I don't want to sell this as like, oh my God, it was the biggest journey and the best thing in my life, and yeah. it wasn't hard for me, because that would be absolute crap. Um, there was times where I wasn't, but obviously the remaining factor is uh, that I did. And obviously, uh, five years ago, Ellie and Lelia Said to us, we'd like to open a gym. I was like, me too. And uh, from Ellie's Lounge uh, in our house in Bedford at the time, is kind of where Velasco was born from, which is crazy looking nice. back now.
0: Nice. From nightclub shot girls to squat girls. I like it.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, Ames, you obviously you've um, disclosed the fact that we've known each other for over 15 years, which gives an insight to how old we are. Um, <laughs> Obviously over the the years um, I've known you, you've had a variety of relationships with food and it's something that you and I have talked about. We've shared quite a lot over the years. Do you want to just have a or just give everyone a bit of an idea of how finding this sort of training impacted your relationship with food? Maybe give us a little bit of a background on where you were at and how that's potentially changed over the last... I think we've been doing this for nearly nine years, um, has changed over the nine years that we've been training in this way.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like,
1: So to give a, a
2: bit of a background on me, um, my uh, at university developed anorexia um, through emotions. Um, so some people are emotional eaters or emotional starvers, and I'm definitely the other way. Um, so that kind of became an issue for me at university, dropping down to below six stone, uh, which at five foot. Sorry, five foot seven is is not a good weight uh, to be. Um, Then when I kind of came into recovery I kind of went a little bit the other way and was kind of unhappy and then through emotions and through different issues in my life I kind of yo-yoed up and down with a really unhealthy relationship with food either overeating or starving myself basically um then when I found fitness um I think when I started CrossFit I was actually 54 kilos so it was proper light um for my height I'm now 60 kilos as a, as a comparison and I just kind of it was the first place where like people i looked up to people who were strong and i looked up to people who are who were you know in essence in aesthetically slightly bigger than me but had more muscle mass and it was the first place that i probably felt supported by other women not run down by other women and that phrase like strong as the new skinny kind of became my motto and then it became that it balanced out in my head that I needed to eat to be good at what my new love was. My new love wasn't trying to be a size four or my new love was trying to be a little bit stronger for me. Um, you know, I'm quite tall. I'm quite lean. I appreciate that I'm never going to be as big as some people, but for me training just helped me stay balanced. And I wouldn't say over the past nine years, I haven't had any relapses, you know, in emotions and in life, you know, there's been some, there's been some real ups and downs, uh, and, my relationship with food is something i can always control and it's a way that i can control it in a healthy way but i would say over the past like 5 6 years with having this place and being fully invested in training then it's really kind of it's really kind of helped and i think you know external influences like ellie and they massive support, you know support to me and they they're good at keeping an eye on me and there's people i look up to and aspire to be like i think as well with crossfit athletes themselves they aren't size fours because they just snap under a barbell so that's yeah. not going to be a thing so emerging myself in those kind of insta stories and that kind of thing really helps keep me on track and motivated So yeah i want to be i want to be like them i want to emulate like them you know i don't want to be that kind of catwalk model whose legs look like they're going to break in heels which is kind of that's up to them that, that's their life um you know but i think using media and social media in the right way yeah not in the wrong way which I had not for many years kind of social media became a big thing probably when I just about left university. Um, I think that's when I got Facebook when I just left university. And I think social media can be really damaging and it gets slammed for being really damaging. But I think it's up to you who you follow and it's up to you how you tailor your social media. And I think that's really good for me. And like I say, being in the gym, seeing like strong girls do things and like muscle ups and you know big weights above their head. That to me is really inspirational. So for that for me, helps keep my relationship with food good also makes me eat better so it's not just eating enough it's knowing and having that knowledge and I've done the cycle enough times that when I eat well I feel good I feel like I've got more reps in me I feel like I can perform better when I eat absolute crap and don't get me wrong I love cake and chocolate and those kind of things and I still have the remoderation obviously I don't perform well and if I'm spending so much of my time you know training and and trying to perform well and I'm not fueling right then it's it's a sparring circle that's never going to go anywhere. Whereas if I'm eating right and training hard, then it helps keep me balanced.
0: Nice. You you touched on something there that I really liked about, you know, very purposeful use of social media. And I think, you know, I've heard this talked about previously in, in terms of people wanting to learn specific things or become subject matter experts in certain things and tailoring the things they see on social media to support that. It sounds like that played a part for you, with regards to goal setting and and aspiration you know tailoring your instagram feed for instance to promote the strong women that at that time you were kind of looking up to and, and aspiring to be what other what other environmental changes did you make that kind of helped you improve your relationship with food be that at home with the people around you kind of outside of social media what sort of physical environments had to change for you
2: I think being in here with this environment, with such strong women and supportive, like everybody here, like it's the only sport that I've ever found. And I don't do a huge amount of other sports. Don't get me wrong. So it's probably out there in all kinds of sports where it's kind of being built up to be the best you can be. Like I get told off for negative self-talk all the time and <laughs> uh, do it all the time. And it's something I need to be better at not doing. Um, also got a huge sports partner. Um, got a very supportive family, um, so they're great in that way. Um, so I think it's just surrounding you with positive people. So. Everything in my life, I try and be positive. If someone's negative in my life, they're gone. It's just out. I just don't have time for it. Yeah. And I think whatever you support yourself and surround yourself with is what you then become. Um, you can blink at yourself to everything else you don't want in your life, and that includes both online and in, in, you know, in real time.
0: In terms of the the challenges and the kind of fluctuating relationship that you've talked about, obviously you share as much as you're comfortable sharing. What? Um, what was the, the most difficult thing to try and overcome or what, what currently is the, the the bit that you still struggle with? because I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that you know, maybe think the same things occasionally or have similar struggles. So in terms of kind of I think the most difficult things that you found and how you, how you are working or how you worked to try and overcome them in particular,
2: yeah, I think it's probably two phases. to that question. I'm happy to share whatever, and if anybody ever wants to chat, I'm always here, please just reach out to me. I'm not an expert, I'm not a counsellor, but I have been through this, and I'm happy just to be someone to talk. I think the biggest wow. thing for me was acknowledging that I was ill, uh, and acknowledging that I wanted to get better. Somebody in that state doesn't actually want to get better, yeah. and so to reach out and ask for help is almost admitting that you're going to get better, and if you're, if back then when I wasn't in that space in my early 20s, actually, you know, people saying you need to get better, I was like, well, I don't want to. I'm happy like this, which obviously yeah. wasn't. I was damaging my body. Um, you know, as a woman, I wasn't having periods and stuff. I was, you know, because I just didn't have enough body fat to continue that. Yeah. I think today, uh, my kind of, more struggle is that I want to gain weight when I see pictures now actually I'm like oh I wish I had bigger legs like why are these chicken legs not big enough (laughs) I don't think I'll ever put weight on my legs I'm big it's one of those things but so now I struggle then I'm like right up your calories and eat more and then if I start to get a little bit less lean than I am I kind of panic and cut back down again and that is an ongoing struggle for me so it's not you know I'm very happy with the way I look now if anything I'd like to be a bit musclier so in my you know my goal is to put on more muscle I don't want to, you know, put on fat. So I still fight with it. I can't say that. I don't think it will ever, ever go away. I can't think I'll be one of these people who will ever not worry about my diet and stuff. I go, I intermittent track. So I track sometimes, and then I'm like, yeah, I reset myself, and then I'll go kind of off track again, and then I'll come back again. I think it's when it starts becoming an obsession or a compulsion that you really need to start to worry about it. But we all need food; you can't survive without food. It's not saying like smoking; we'll just stop smoking. You can't just stop eating. Yeah, you have to learn how to manage that relationship um, with tracking and eating and training, etc. Yeah,
0: nice. I mean, yeah, as you say, I mean the sport that we all play to an extent is literally the sport of how do we turn food into energy. No. Yeah. Um, you touched on something there and you said you intermittently track. Mm-hmm. Do you mind just elaborating on what you mean by that for maybe those listening that aren't too familiar with nutrition and, and macros and tracking and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, sure. So I use the app MyFitnessPal um, if I want to have a specific goal, whether that be to eat more calories to try and put on muscle or whether that be that I you know want to come back to leaning slightly. Um, but yeah, so I scan, you know, I kind of set my goals for each meal that I need to hit for each goal. Um, obviously, if I'm trying to build muscle, macros is really, really important. I need to make sure I'm eating enough protein and enough carbs. So I scan food. It's, it's a great little app um, for tracking and awareness. Or you can kind of search for food in there and put it in there. It is a bit laborious to start with. Um, but if you're not tracking, you're kind of not aware of what's going in your mouth. Either way, um, either too much or too little. Um, so I track by there, and then you've got like it, you put your weight and height and goal in for like gain or for loss, and then you kind of track in there each day. I um, would we'll say
1: during the week, I'm probably pretty good at tracking it. During the weekend, I'm a tad freer. Nice. Um, and this is, again, It's I suppose it's something that we, we talk, we talk about quite a lot, and you touched on it at the start of this, is in terms of when you say you eat well, um, and yes, you like your treats, you like your cookies and your brownies and all that sort of stuff. And maybe your breakfast at the weekends is a little bit more indulgent. Do you want to just give people an idea of how or what how you kind of structure your week around your training? When you're talking about eating well, what sort of things you include? Both from because you enjoy it and it helps you stay on track with whatever your current goal is, but also because you know that it's doing you good and it's going to make you feel better for eating it. Yeah, of course. I'm running through a general day of mine. So. I kind of have two
2: breakfasts. So I'm known for my two breakfasts. I am always starving in the morning and, and less hungry in the evening. It's just the way that I am, with my body. So, I always start in the morning with kind of half banana, blueberries, um, protein powder, almond milk, and I add a scoop of greens in because I probably don't think I eat enough greens. So it's a good way for me to get some greens in. It doesn't taste good on its own, but if you mix it with a smoothie, it's it's fairly survivable, and um, actually tastes really nice. So kind of, and then some ice, and blend that all up, and it's a really nice ice cold smoothie. Like I would actually pay for it if I went out. It's nice. really really nice. So yeah, that's probably what I add in my greens as well. Uh, if I'm training hard, and if I'm trying to gain muscle, which I'm currently also add creatine uh, into my shake in the morning, um, and then kind of my second breakfast is more kind of an oats. Um, so I have that about six or seven o'clock in the morning, and then I kind of have an oats with uh, almond milk yogurt. Um, some raisins and some other bits in. so I know that's going to give me energy throughout the day a couple of hours later uh, and then lunch completely varies, it can be something from a chicken salad or something with rice um, I do try and make sure in each of my meals I have a real balance of protein carbs and good fats um, so with the salad I might add some avocado for some good fats etc then dinner can be absolutely anything, it depends what we've cooked at the weekend, I tend to do my food prep on a Sunday so I know that I eat right, uh, I don't waste anything then either and I know that I'm getting the balance that I need all week. I think with everything I try and add some green because I'm not that good at eating greens. I don't like, I don't dislike them, I'm just lazy. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh can I be bothered to cook five florets of broccoli. And I'm like, no, I can't be asked. Um, but I do just try and generally add them in I think I think we all know what's good and what's bad for us. Um, I would admit that sometimes to make sure I'm getting enough calories that I do, I do add a protein bar, like a grenade carb killer or something like that. Other protein bars are available. Um, (laughs) Something like that, which I know isn't probably the best form of how I could be maximizing my food, but for quick, on the go, something to shove in your bag before I come into the gym and I'm here in the office or whatever, then I find it kind of quite handy. So, but I'm, you know, I think my diet is good. Could it be better? Like, absolutely. Is it terrible? No. Um, and like I say, at the weekends, I'm I'm a, I'm a tad freer, but I don't tend to go wild either. I tend to balance things. Like I've had a, a good breakfast like I just described with the giant crumpet peanut butter. <laughs> I think I missed out on the giant bit from Walgertons. <laughs> <brands are> <laughs> um, and then, you know, I tend to then not have pizza that evening. Do you know what I mean? I tend to kind of balance my days, mm-hmm. especially the weekends of kind of one treat per day, because, people are kind of like, oh, what do you think about treat days? And like, for me, that's a bit like be like giving up sugar and being a smoker. So I only smoke at weekends when well, you're still a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> if you're still eating sugar and still treating yourself, it doesn't really work for me, but there's all different opinions. I just like to think a nice, round, balanced diet with treats every now and again that are treats. I mean, I love a double-decker. If anyone knows me, I love a double-decker. And I probably have one about a month because then it feels like a real treat because I don't have it every day.
0: Nice. Um, we, before we started recording, you started talking about your... How your change in jobs has resulted in a change in things like calorie burn.
2: Mm.
0: How important is knowing that with regards to the relationship that you have with food? You know, you reference the fact that now you probably burn three or four hundred calories more a day coaching. yeah, what what's the relevance of knowing that and being aware of how many calories you're burning on a given day with regards to food relationship?
2: I think if fitness, food, and feeling good, like awareness is, is the main thing. Like if I'm not tracking what's going in, how on earth do I know how many calories I'm putting in? and Is it more or too little or too much? And I think then as well with moving around, I think, I kind of have this conversation with a lot of people that come in and do a session, that's an hour of your day, that's probably only 10% of your calorie burn that you're doing in here, even if you're working, I feel like you're working super hard. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is kind of standing up, sitting down, walking up the downstairs, walking the dogs, fetching the washing, whatever it might happen to be at home. Um, But I think it is really important because before I was an office-based job, so I'd sit down for a huge amount of my time in meetings for hours upon hours around nonsense. Um, and obviously with here, like my bum t- barely touches the seat. I mean, I'm sat down now, but we have been still coaching for two hours, then you're walking up and down the stairs, and you're fetching things for people. And I think, had I not been aware of, you know, three or 400 calories extra a day, over a course of 10 days, that's mm. an extra pound of fat I would have burnt of myself. I'm not eating that. I'm going to be losing more weight. Yeah. So I think, again, both ways, with tracking what's going into my mouth and tracking how what I'm burning, helps me keep that good balance that I'm looking for.
0: Nice. Yeah, they're super, super valid. I think if I think about my day, what can sometimes feel almost the most relaxing hour of my day when I'm out walking sunny. You know, we can be out for an hour, hour and a half across the fields in Timsbury and, and just, you know, especially if the sun's out, it almost feels like it's 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 been a, an hour that I've almost taken off and completely relaxed. And actually, if I go back and look at the data, mm-hmm. it's probably – in terms of isolated calorie burn in a single day actually that hour and a half has probably burnt more calories than anything else i've done that day so knowing the amount of calories your body is burning just functioning day to day whether you've got a goal of, of weight loss or whether you just want to maintain your current weight or if you've got a goal of wanting to put on weight and put on mass being aware of that is super important because you'll need to adjust your food to accommodate that you know if, if on a weekend you suddenly decide to as most people seem to have done through lockdown, track up you know, you're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> Or do box step-ups. Yeah, or do box step-ups at Penavan. You'll probably need to throw in an, an extra few hundred calories just to maintain weight. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really good point. Are you, do you mind me asking, are you tracking at the moment?
2: Yeah, I am tracking at the moment. I've nice. kind of had some uh, time off it, but I'm only tracking because I want to make sure that I'm eating enough to, muscle, to nice. muscle gain. Because if I don't, if I'm in a deficit constantly, then I'm never going to put, put muscle on. I'm also, I make better choices when I'm tracking. So I was saying to James when we started recording, like, I can eat enough calories by cake and chocolate, but that <laughs> is not going to help me put on muscle. You know, I need to be eating yeah. carbs and proteins and, and the right kind of things. So I do find that my diet is cleaner. When I track, because I look at it, I think, "Do I want to put that in my fingers, pal, yeah, yeah, yeah. or is that going to help me get to my goal?" No, Amy, it's not. Put the cupcake down. Go and eat like hundred grams of chicken, or some yogurt, or go and have something that is going to help you get to your goal. Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. I I know the people that, you know, there, there are people that are that exist that, as they pass the cupboard, they get a teaspoon out and they have a teaspoon of Nutella. You know, you know who you are if you're listening. I've been to
2: my house. <laughs> um,
0: but that's a really good example of something that. If you hold yourself to account and you put things like that into my fitness pad actually very quickly you realize what a real small in passing treat over time can actually add up to and vice versa you know if, if you're tracking and you're aware of the calories and things sometimes my dinner plates look absolutely ridiculous because i've piled them high with like you know six seven hundred grams of veg but actually you know the, the calorie equivalent of that i can have Three, four times the amount of veg that I could something sugary or something that's not particularly good for me um, that equates to the same amount of calories. So when you when you kind of start, you know, we're not saying everybody suddenly start tracking, but having a good idea of what's going in versus you know your calorie burn on any any given day can can just help with awareness. So what I guess I just want to take it back just slightly and, and probably only very briefly when you. Kind of came to the realization that okay, you know, I want to make a change here. This isn't how I want my relationship with food to be. What what were like? What were your immediate actions? What what two or three things did you do? mean Did you just simply up your calories and force yourself to eat more, or was there kind of more more involved than that?
2: No, it's much more kind of gradual. I think it's never been like a straight line trajectory. I'd be lying if I said that it that it was. Um, I think at my worst, I was eating like an apple and a piece of toast today, uh, which is horrendous. Now that would be not even a snack for me these days, <laughs> yeah. um, which is good news. Um, so I wouldn't say that trajectory was great, I think. Um, I'm finding CrossFit, like, as as corny as it sounds, like, it literally did save me. I don't nice. know where I would be now without it. Um, so finding that kind of, finding something you love, finding a sport that you love. Um, and I kind of get asked quite a bit, especially when I used to work in the corporate world, you know, or do you think CrossFit is like, or, you know, functional fitness is the best sport? And I was like, the best sport is a sport you enjoy. Yeah. It's got to be something you enjoy. And that, for me, found the the motivation to, to move on. And then, like I say, like I've already touched on, like finding idols, finding people that you look up to. And then realizing well, you don't find size four super skinny attractive. So why are you trying to be like that? And then again, also sorting out my emotional head. It's not just a physical thing. It's it's a form of self-harm. And so sorting out my happiness, being happy in my own skin. I think now I come across as very confident, very outgoing, very loud person. That always used to be a friend for me, that was never actually who I was, I was very scared, very insecure, and for no real reason, it was just something in my head that I always felt like I wasn't good enough, wasn't clever enough, wasn't smart enough, wasn't fast enough, wasn't strong enough, whatever I wanted to be, I wasn't enough, Mm. and I think then actually just started to realise that you are enough, You, you are just the person that you are, and actually I'm very influenced by other people around me, so other people liking me, finding me funny, yeah. being like, oh my God, Ames, you've got a massive deadlift, and finding something you're good at, celebrating that, and yeah, working on the things that you're not so good at, but not dwelling on them, saying, yeah, I've got a massive deadlift, my squat's rubbish. Yeah. It's, it's just no point in that, it doesn't get you anywhere, accept what you're good at, work on your weaknesses, yet yeah, to a point, but don't drill your weaknesses so badly that that's all you focus on, because if you never enjoy something you'll never be good at it so yeah that's why i would say find something you love find people you love and that's probably all you need to kind of get your head into the right space and get feeling good again
0: love that nice um so back to present day what what's training look like for you now what do what you what do you train for I mean, what brings you to the gym other than obviously coaching here and working here you know what's what's kind of goals for 2020 onwards for you
2: yeah, I don't think I don't really set goals anymore. Um, I have a an odd relationship with goals. I just do what I love, and I don't follow personal programming. I do the class programming. And if it's good enough for our members, it's certainly good enough for me. Yeah. And I love being with other people. I'm an absolute people person. I thrive off other people. I'm an extrovert. I recover in people's time, so I get like to get down there on the dance floor, do the classes with people, enjoy the suck. No one would put in members through. Um, yeah. And an hour a day. Do you know what? it's enough for me. I've done programs where I've been doing two hours a day and trying to fit in a full-time job and this place. It just became too stressful. So my goals for me is, uh, I say this to people, it's probably quite funny. I train because I like to feel semi-fit, I like to yeah. feel like I do something most days. Uh, I like to eat cake at the weekends <laughs> and I like to look semi-decent in my underwear. Nice. These are the things that I train for. <laughs> if all those things are good, then to be yeah. fair, I- I'm happy, to be honest. So Training for me looks like five, probably hour sessions a week, maybe six if I do like the cardio day. But I also listen to my body and push myself past four training days on on a trot. Uh, And one of those will be unweighted. I'm about to go and do uh, a Madness today. Um, (laughs) With me. Because, yeah, because I'm absolutely – sorry. I should say cardio is not my best thing. Um, So I kind of get into those every week because I like to work on my weaknesses. I feel amazing after I do it and put myself through what I've just put members through for an hour. Um, so that's what it looks like for me. And it's basically just enjoying having some form of routine, but I don't beat myself up about it anymore. I don't put the pressure on myself to feel like I need to hit certain sessions. And I've been on programming before and I, I'm just such a person who works to rules. If I miss day, or if I didn't quite do it, I would just beat myself up and it became just another pressure in my life I didn't need. So currently just trying to live stress-free. I,
0: I love that. Completely valid. I think some people, you know, some people will train with specific lifting goals or, or, you know, workout goals in mind, not enough people train for just wellness and just to feel good and just to have a nice balance in their life. So I I really like that. Um, I'm going to throw a question over to you, if that's okay. So we've obviously talked a lot about, you know, calories in and out and tracking and, and how nutrition can support training. Obviously, we've got quite a broad spectrum of members at Valesco. How does eating affect different I guess how does it affect different people of different ages who are training for different things? So if I was training for performance versus training to lose a bit of weight versus training just for wellness, how, how does nutrition factor into that?
1: Uh, that's a
0: massive question. Yeah. That's probably about four
1: or five podcasts we could do on it. I will I will try and keep this brief and um, not waffle too much. Um, I think the most important thing um, to recognise here is that, is that the nutrition – Along with sleep and hydration, uh, you know it's one of the absolute foundations of health. Um, we, you know, we talk a lot in here about looking after our health, about training for health, about keeping stress levels low, about staying well hydrated. Um, nutrition absolutely has to be the thing that underpins your training. So, regardless of what your training goals are, whether that's from a performance perspective, so you're looking to be a competitive athlete. Or whether it's about health, well-being, and out at the end of your day to relieve stress, um, and your primary goal is is wellness, then nutrition, it, you know, it totally underpins that. And I think you can't, however much we want to, you can't, you cannot outtrain a bad diet. Um, both from a from a calorie perspective, arguably you could, but from a wellness perspective, you absolutely cannot. Um, you know amy touched on the fact that she's not particularly good at eating greens um a a lot of people aren't i think a lot of us have um certain food groups that we don't necessarily like to eat from or there are flavors that we don't like or we don't have the knowledge around what we should and shouldn't be eating um as a side note we are looking at putting together a whole load of information that will be out on the website around basic nutrition for you guys to use um but to kind of bring it back to, to James's original question, um, the whole point of, um, of eating a good diet is is about health and wellness as well as training. So if you're not sure how you should be, ate, be eating, if you're not sure what you should and shouldn't be eating, if you want some um, support and advice on where to find the right sort of information, um or to do with any of the things that amy has kind of talked about um you know do do come and have a conversation with us um nutrition is something that is close to all of our hearts both from a probably a disproportionate love for peanut butter right down to the you know the, the really the serious stuff that amy's been talking about today um i think it's i think coming and talking to somebody if you want to or need to about any aspect of nutrition is something that we fully support um, we are able to support you up to a certain point, and if you are dealing with things that we don't feel we can fully support you on, or there are health-related issues, we can certainly refer you to other people um, who would be able to support you um, in, a, in a more in-depth um, way, way than we can. Cool.
0: I think that's a so nice to place to, to round it up. Yeah, and, and there's you know there's a whole load of reading online. You know, to Ellie's point about not being able to train a bad diet. You look at the, the kind of CrossFit pyramid, the you know, functional fitness pyramid. Nutrition is the foundation of, of everything else, you know, followed by metabolic conditioning, then your gymnastics and weightlifting, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it does hold a level of importance. Um, I think there's plenty online about different types of diets. So we've talked about tracking and, and kind of macros. There's paleo, there's ketogenic, there's intermittent fasting. Equally, there is just knowing your body eating to a level that you are comfortable with and that you feel good about and not overthinking it. You know, you'll fall into a natural category and it doesn't need to become, you know, as Amy referred to earlier, it doesn't need to become obsessive because that's when the relationship maybe starts to go the other way. It's very natural to not know and to kind of worry and question things. So, if you know, if you want to reach out and talk to somebody, please, as Ellie said, feel comfortable doing so. And yeah, I think we're going to a couple of shout-outs for this week. And we're going to start with a non-human shout-out. A shout-out to Leo, um, the resident gym dog, as he was three on Saturday, Yeah, yep. I think. Yeah, he's a week ahead of Sonny. So Leo is officially three, or 21, and don't we know it. Um, so yeah, Leo, happy birthday, buddy. Nice. Uh,
1: so, my shout outs are to um, two people um, from comp training. Um, so, Kyle hit 100 kilo snatch and Jono hit an 85 kilo snatch in comp train on Sunday. Um, massive well done to both of them. The reason I wanted to pick them out was because they both worked super hard. Um, Kyle basically trained for six months through lockdown to hit 100 kilo snatch. So, um so. You
0: know,
1: That's a lot of work, that's a lot of effort, that's a lot of persevering, Um, so massive congrats to Kyle, and Jono, who PT's with me, um, we spent a long time working on positions, using the blocks, Um, he's been super patient, he's kind of trusted the process, um, and it paid dividends on on Sunday with the, the best looking snatch I've ever seen Jono do, so well done guys, awesome effort.
2: Nice. nice, guys. I want to give out a shout-out to uh, Jo and her husband, Remy, who welcomed baby Henry into the world in the last couple of weeks. So yeah. I think there was a, a close call that it might have happened in a class. <laughs> um, luckily, we've got a few doctors, but it didn't. It all happened in hospital. So massive welcome to the world, Henry, and massive congratulations, Joe and Remy.
0: Nice. Um, and talking of Henrys, uh, the final shout-out is for um, our coach, Henry, who last weekend spent the weekend in Cardiff Uh, and successfully completed his uh, CrossFit level two. So the man is an absolute database, even more so than he was previously. Uh, So if you need any extra support or you want to kind of pick his brain, it's definitely a brain worth picking. So nice work, mate. 100%.
1: Uh, One last question for me though, Lames. Um, Oh God. (laughs) There's a reoccurring theme with these. Two parts to it. On a scale of one to 10, how important is peanut butter to you? It's a strong (laughs) 9.5. Excellent. (laughs) Especially the dark roast
2: or the roasted peanut butter, Manly Life. That was the second part discovered. of my question.
1: Second part of my question. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get people the Manly Life bandwagon successfully won in James, who was a smooth peanut butter lover until what? he was converted. I know, right? Straight um, down <laughs> not exactly,
0: <acceptable.
1: laughs> uh, but yeah, cool.
0: You and Manny Life, it's like, it, it's, well, we should I be- I don't
1: have to she's commission, but, yeah. but currently <laughs> I will be accepting commission
0: should they want to send it my way. We should be, if anyone from the Manny Life peanut butter team listens to this and you want to be our first official sponsor, <laughs> feel free to get in touch. <laughs> team, thank you all for listening again. I hope you've taken a lot from this. I certainly have. Like, I, I was looking forward to this because I was going into this not knowing a huge amount about Amy's background. So actually it's been, it's been just as enjoyable for me as a listener this week as it has as somebody, you know, creating the content. Share it with anybody that you feel would benefit from listening. Um, If you've got, you know, as I said at the start, if you want to talk through any of this, if you've got any um, thoughts, if it's brought up any questions that you didn't realize that you may have had, reach out. If you've got any suggestions of people or things that you would like to hear on later podcasts, please let us know. We've had loads of you getting in touch this week, you know, week on week, it's getting more and more. So thank you for engaging. Thank you for letting us know that. It's having an impact on you. It makes it even more worthwhile. And for now, we will call it a day. It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Have a lovely day.